Are you ready to witness greatness? NFL fans, welcome to the largest tailgate party in the nation. Let's go! Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. We're setting you up with the information you need to watch your team win. Victory is the end game. We're here to break it all down. Let's go, let's go. This is... Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. Now, we're live from your tailgate. Here's Brian No. Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome to Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM. What's going to happen on the podcast today? I'll tell you what's going to happen on the podcast today. We've got Jared Smith, lead betting analyst from PicksWise.com. We're talking college ball with Jared. And then we have our NFL smorgasbord with Bill Krakenberger, sports handicapper from crackwins.com. We'll get you all set for week two in the NFL. By the way, new users, download the BetMGM app today and use code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. Let's welcome in Jared Smith, our college football guru. I would like, Jared, if we did not discuss anything Notre Dame related, I'm from South Bend and I'm still licking my wounds. That's a tough one. And I'll be honest, I I think, I hope you get that win this week. We thought it was going to be last week. Um, Eventually, I'm confident Marcus Freeman will get a win. I'm not sure if this is the week, though. I oof, man, that I hope be so. Zero three to the season, zero and four overall for Marcus and Freeman. Two is an under, and you know, two is a, as a favorite. I mean, listen, I, I I know you don't want to talk about it, but you know, you <laughs> let the genie out of the bottle by leading the podcast <laughs> yeah, with it. it, so there's really no avoiding it. I, I think there's still a lot of positives with with what's happening in South Bend. I, I just think it's been a a tough circumstance with the two games that they started with, you know, the bowl game last year and, of course, Ohio State this year. And then you throw in a Marshall team that obviously no one expected them to win the game, but I, they just I, – I'm concerned, I think, with the offensive line. That would be the mm-hmm. one thing that really concerns me, not getting any push against Marshall in that game. Um, but besides that, there were still some opportunities for Notre Dame to win that game, but now you've got a quarterback issue. You're right. Maybe we should just leave this one unsaid. <laughs> Listen, man, I'll say real fast, I'm with you. The offensive line was supposed to be the strength of the team. They can't run the ball on, on you or me. That's very disappointing. Very and, disappointing. And, and, and when we talk about a lot of these games, you know, the offensive line and the trenches, especially when you're talking about a have and a have not. And I don't want to take anything away from Marshall, but the talent level is just the, the gap is wide. That's the first place you look. If the if, And we talked about it in Iowa a couple weeks ago against South Dakota State. They couldn't run the ball against the lesser opponent. So that is something to keep in mind. If they can't run the ball and their quarterback is you know limited because now it's a backup, especially limited, it's going to be struggle city for Marcus Freeman's bunch this year. Well, at least Marcus Freeman is still employed. We can't say the same thing about Scott <laughs> Frost at Nebraska. He gets the heave-ho. It was that bad against Georgia Southern that they're like, it's, it's over. We can't wait till October 1st, and the uh, buyout is cut in half. You're gone right now. But Nebraska hosting Oklahoma. Nebraska, we're looking at the line at BetMGM. It's uh, plus 10.5. What do you think about Nebraska, who has just been a smoldering, just decaying mess? Are you on the Cornhuskers this weekend, Jared? 
Yeah, and, and when you look at the preseason look-ahead line, and again, you know, these lines are created months prior and they're based off of power ratings from last year. So it's not, you know, it's not an exact science. But Nebraska was just a three-point underdog in that look-ahead line, game of the year, off-season lines that some of the bigger sports books will put out, again, very early in the summer. But when you flash forward a few weeks here, not a lot has changed besides Scott Frost being removed. Oklahoma has played two cupcakes, UTEP and Kent State. Brent Venables is about to coach in his first true road game as the head man um, in Norman. But not a lot else really has changed here, yet this line has gone from Nebraska plus three. It actually opened at 16, and Mm. Nebraska money has come in hot and heavy to the market. The smart bettors have certainly liked what they've seen because of the upside that we're going to see, I think, with Mickey Joseph, who's the offensive guru, wide receiver coach, passing game coordinator that's going to take over the interim tag um, in Lincoln. And obviously the home game being the big noon showcase spot, I think will add some juice to this game. But when you look at just the trend of firing a head coach or departing with your head coach midseason, well, there's really not much to, to glean off of that. Teams in the game after that last year, it happened 12 times, six and six against the spread four and eight straight up and you would imagine most of those teams were underdogs because you know typically bad teams are the ones that fired their head coaches midseason but betters again too when you look at Scott Frost the talent with Nebraska was there it was just being held back by some questionable coaching calls and maybe some motivation and maybe Nebraska just needs a different voice in the locker room because I'll be honest a lot of the, the, the public is liking Oklahoma because the narrative is very negative against Nebraska. But when you see that line move as much as it does, now down to almost 10, maybe we see single digits by Saturday, it starts to make you think that there's something going on with Nebraska in this spot. And when you look at both teams, again, talent-wise, I see a lot of similarities. Both have you know transfer quarterbacks. They both played well. Skyler Thompson has experience against Oklahoma, too. Remember, he played for Texas last year. Five touchdowns, no picks in that game against the Sooners. So there are some things to like here. I think the ceiling is higher with Nebraska without Scott Frost. The floor of course is lower could be a volatile situation with this interim head coach but I I feel like that's where the smart money is starting to flow towards the Cornhuskers and hard to ignore that there is a game that you have circled that I can guarantee you will not be moving to single digits it would be this Colorado Minnesota game the Golden Gophers minus 27 and a half right now but you're rowing the boat? Is that what I have here going on with you, Jared Smith? <laughs> I love this Minnesota team. Very underrated. And the Big Ten West, I mean, we've seen Iowa. We've seen Wisconsin lose to Washington State. We've seen other teams really struggle out of the gate. Yet Minnesota leads the nation in two very important categories, Brian. They lead the nation in yards gained and yards allowed. Mm. Fewest yards gained or fewest yards allowed per game, most yards gained. Those are pretty two categories to lead the nation in after two weeks. Now, listen, the competition has been pretty poor. But that being said, the talent is elite. The offensive backfield, quarterback Tanner Morgan, he's like a seventh-year senior. Muhammad Ibrahim, he is very talented. The offensive line, very talented. They've got a tight end prospect, Brevin Span Ford, rising star in NFL mock drafts, one of the best tight end prospects in terms of his pro football focus grades that I can see so far in the country. Then we look at Colorado. They are a bottom feeder in every major offensive and defensive category outside of the top 100, basically across the board. So I just don't see how Minnesota, who beat Colorado by 30 last year in Boulder, 
doesn't cover a four-touchdown spread at home in just a god-awful spot for the Boulder, uh, the Boulder boys, who I, they have, they're going to be – it's going to be a really rough year for Colorado. Yeah. Are we looking at the next – I don't want to, you know, give someone their pink slip <laughs> before the university does, but when we look at Carl, you know, we just talked about Scott Frost in Nebraska. When you look at Carl at Colorado, is this the next guy to go potentially? I hope not because, you know, there's a lot of good coaches losing their jobs unfairly. I think the situation at Colorado is really tough. And if you want to say that he's responsible for the departures, the mass exodus we saw in the transfer portal this summer, then yes, he probably deserves to lose his job just because I think in today's game, in today's college football game, more emphasis is placed on recruiting than actual game management. How many really good recruiters in college football have high-profile jobs that have not really excelled in the X's and O's part of the game? There's a bunch. So if the recruiting element to what Carl Dorrell has done is starting to crumble in Boulder, then I do think there's probably grounds for a divorce. It's Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM. Jared Smith, he's the lead betting analyst from PicksWise.com, joins us here. Getting you all set for Saturday action in college ball. How about Michigan State at Washington? And you might, the line is three at BetMGM, and it's like, okay, so Washington's a home dog? No, 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 like the Kembe Mutombo. They are favored at home. What do you think about the Huskies favored in this spot, Jared? Yeah, this is a – so my, my radar goes up anytime I see a unranked team favored against a ranked team. So that's not – it's not like an auto bet. I don't recommend any trend or any angle to be an auto bet. It's like a stew. You have to put ingredients in it, and then if it tastes good after you mix it together, then you make the bet. The first piece of that stew is when you see an unranked team laying. And again, this line opened one or two-ish, and it moved through that key number of three, which is the most important number in the entire betting landscape, especially in football. And that catches my attention because what it tells me is there are some smart people that are betting Washington early and often. And then we start to look at the handicap. Well, there's a reunion happening in Washington between Kalen DeBoer and Michael Penix. These two were fantastic at Indiana in 2019. I don't want to call it a a dominant season by Indiana standards, though I think you can say that. Now Penix, who had some injury problems, then he transfers to Washington, gets reunited with his old offensive coordinator, and this Huskies offense is humming, Brian. 58% success rate, top 10 efficiency rating through two games. Again, the quality of opponent has been weak. They will move up in class this week. But I really like the matchup on the edge because Washington, not known for elite talent on the outside, actually has a very solid group of wide receivers, and they are facing a Michigan State secondary historically bad last year defending the pass. So bad, in fact, that Mel Tucker said, I'm going to coach the secondary this season. It's been okay so far, 49th in passing defense, but they face two MAC teams outside the top 70 in passing efficiency. So again, I don't want to look too much into those prior results, but what I will say, if you look at Peyton Thorne, the quarterback of Michigan State, when he goes on the road, his completion percentage drops 11%, yards per attempt drops from 9.4 to 7.7. Now let's look at some historical numbers. Well, Sparty 0-5 in the last 35 years in the Pacific time zone. Tough spot for Michigan State here. That's why the line moved and I think I'm going to roll with that movement I laid it with the Huskies wow that's a huge drop 11 percent uh, completion rate dropping there that that's 
enormous from home compared to the road. I love the stew comparison, by the way, Jerry. <laughs> what is your favorite stew? I have to know this. Oh, I'm a jambalaya guy. Jambalaya. Absolutely. Yeah, nice. big jambalaya. And, and I, I use that reference all the time because a lot of times you see handicappers and you know media outlets that cover gambling, they'll tweet out a trend or an angle or something, and you know some people take that as an immediate open to buy, run to the window and bet that trend. In reality, that trend should just be one ingredient in a massive stew that you cook together when you're handicapping a game. And it's kind of like a narrative that you weave together. So you start with the unranked team as a favorite against the ranked team. And then you start to look at the matchups individually and what the head coach might do with the quarterback and the scheme. So it all fits together, I think, for Washington this week. I hope it tastes good. All right, we've got one more game that you've got circled for now. You've got many, and we'll get to all of them. <laughs> Countdown to kickoff presented by BetMGM on Saturday, three hours before kick at noon Eastern time. But for right now, one more circled, and it's a big one. It is a big one. We've got BYU against Oregon. The Ducks are minus three and a half on BetMGM. The first thing I think of, Jared, potential letdown city. You've got to avoid the hangover. It's a very emotional win for the Cougs, I shouldn't call them the Cougs, for the Cougars of BYU last week at home against Baylor. Some craziness in overtime, missed kicks, and all this mayhem ensues, and they win the game. I wonder if they can keep that same emotional high going into a hostile env- environment over there in Eugene. What do you think about this game? Fascinating. I think this is my favorite game of the week to handicap because – I I think the line is speaking to me. It's like a whisper. And then it turned into a dull roar once I started to break down the actual game itself. But let's start with the market analysis. The market analysis tells me this line hasn't moved in three weeks. Again, we talk about those look-ahead lines, the preseason lines that we digest that, again, maybe aren't 100% efficient, but they at least give us a jumping-off point to kind of grade where these teams are after a few games. Well, this line basically hasn't moved despite – What have we seen with the two data points for each team? Well, BYU just beat Baylor. And Dave Aranda's defense looked, eh, at times, a little bit off balance. Meanwhile, Oregon got smoked in a marquee spotlight game. And when I say smoked, I I mean absolutely dismantled. And then they beat Eastern Washington, who is a very average FCS team by a ton of points. So Oregon's market sentiment, you would say, is negative. While BYU increasingly positive, exceeding odds maker expectations. Yet why hasn't this line moved an inch towards BYU? It's curious, and I think it tells me that Oregon's the right side here. They've got a 20-game home winning streak, third longest in FBS. They are a very, very difficult opponent, a much different opponent when they are playing at Autzen Stadium. And again, it is tough to grade where Oregon is because they went up in weight class against Georgia, and then they bullied Eastern Washington. I think this game is kind of on par with the talent level that Oregon has, and we're going to learn a lot more about this Ducks team and what Coach Lanning has under the hood. But Bo Nix, his home splits, we talk about Peyton Thorne terrible on the road compared to home. Well, Bo Nix is, is obviously, you would, it would make sense that these very, vers- these very volatile quarterbacks, they're better at home when things are a little more controllable. Completion percentage increases by eight points. Yards per attempt goes up two yards. Six to one touchdown to interception ratio at home. On the road, more picks than touchdowns. 
So I expect Bo Nix to play very well. Meanwhile, you mentioned BYU, that crazy game. They emptied the tank, really. They Gadget did. plays, the freshman wide receiver who came from out of nowhere, Chase Roberts, had 122 yards on 15 targets. He threw a touchdown pass. He caught a touchdown pass. BYU is going to be without their two top receivers again in this game. And the one thing I look at when I'm you know, handicapping replacement players, one game they might not be too big of a drop-off. But now we're getting into the second game. Can BYU's, you know, undermanned offense, especially on the edge, uh, overcome those deficiencies? Very tough to do. And Oregon's front seven, I think, is very talented. I mean, you know, you know about Kalen Thibodeau last year, first-round pick. They've got a lot of other guys that are really strong pieces on that defensive front. And I think Coach Lanning's scheme, it's new. It's going to take some time for them to learn it. But now they've had two games under their belt. And when you look at BYU's success rate against that really good Baylor front, they couldn't run the ball. Only one and a half yards per rush before contact last week. So I'm worried that BYU's offense is going to struggle to move it in this spot. And I think Oregon's offense feels a little more comfortable in Eugene. And that's why I think I like the Ducks in this spot. I love it. It's a huge matchup. By the way, on Saturday, we're not going to give it to you right now. Think about Jared Smith. He's doing a, stri- a strip tease right now. You know, he's a little bit like... <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. Birthday. <laughs> the bad visual. But we're saving one for Saturday, three hours before noon Eastern kickoff. I- I'll tell you this, Jared. If you can't name the nickname of either of these two teams that you have circled, I wouldn't call you a bad college football fan. You know, if you look at some of these, we just did uh, BYU versus Oregon. If you said, hey, what's uh, Oregon's nickname? Or was it going to be like the Ducks? So it, you've got an FCS game where I don't know if everyone's going to know the nicknames of these teams, but you know the cash, baby. And if you're on the right line, if you're on the right side of things, it's all that it means. It means that you are cashing in. But I'm looking Love forward it. to that tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun. Listen, I mean, I, I know you guys have been doing a bunch of shows that do a great job at Fox Sports Radio, but I'm having a blast doing this show with you guys. It's a three-hour party. And I'm bringing, I'm bringing the nachos, I'm bringing the chips, I'm bringing the hot dogs, the burgers. You guys bring the beer. We'll be, we'll be in good shape. Absolutely, man. The jambalaya, is that a, like a pregame thing? You know, that takes a lot of time. Yeah. 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 But bring that too. Bring that in. I might <laughs> order a- that. How about that? I might have yeah. that ordered and delivered. I don't think – let's be honest. I'm spending way too much time handicapping college football. Ain't nobody got time to cook up a jambalaya. Yeah, I hear you on that. Countdown to kickoff presented by BetMGM. It's on Fox Sports Radio. Check us out three hours before kickoff. So let's say 9 a.m. until noon on the East Coast. And you do the conversion rate if you're somewhere else in the country. Let's say you're on the West Coast. Well, it'd be 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. You have that 9 a.m. kickoff time. Be with Jared Smith. You heard all of his great analysis. Yours truly. That's me, Brian No, And also our Penn State All-American, Rich Ornberger, will do the three-man weave. So make sure you check us out on Saturday for that. Looking forward to it. Hey, earn a $50 bonus by signing into BetMGM and clicking on Refer a Friend to Invite a Friend. And in just a few simple steps, both you and your friend will receive a $50 bonus. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. All right, time to talk NFL with our guy, Crack. Bill Krakenberger, sports handicapper from crackwins.com. Crack, before we get into ball here, tell us something about yourself. Let's start it off with a fun fact. I know you love Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue. Anything. Music, food, uh, exercising habits, anything. What do you have for us, Crack? 
exercising habits? I don't know. It was the first thing that off no. the top of my head. <laughs> I, I, I don't even I don't even speak to anyone named Jim. Never mind. Go to a gym. Um, but yeah, um, actually, no. But I mean, I, you, you'd be surprised by some of my habits, though. Um, I do like going out to eat. I like to bring all my buddies out to eat. Friends, family, real important to me. Uh, but let me tell you something that people don't know about me. I'll give you a weird habit. If there was like three things, one of the things would be, I love going to cemeteries. <laughs> I nice. love putting, I like to, I like to know where I'm going to put the bookmaker, but, uh, no, but, um, seriously though, I, I, I do like going to, to cemeteries. It's, it's something, a habit of mine. Whenever I'm in LA there, I'll go to where, you know, Westwood or where we're Marilyn Monroe and, the, uh, you know, uh, Tony, but wherever all these, you know, all these big, I like going to like, you know, celebrity graves. And then I also like going to even where my, my family, I have some family buried and it's a real peaceful time. It's kind of a meditational time for me. So I do that, believe it or not, I probably do that at least once or twice a month that people wouldn't know about me. So that's something totally off, totally off uh, subject here. So it's pretty, it reminds me of the old school movie, the crow. Where oh, okay. uh, it was a long yeah. time ago, but the main uh, actor in that, that, that was his thing. He'd always go to the, the graveyard. Said it was that the, the safest Lee's place on earth. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's cool. <laughs> cool. No, it's, but, uh, uh, it's anyway, a, I'll, I'll transition yeah. to another movie here. Are you a fan of the movie Rounders? The card oh, playing are you movie? Me? It's in my, I put a top 25 on Twitter. It was in there, and it should be it's, – it's moved up to the top 10. There's yeah. not a scene in that movie I don't know. That's awesome. Well, I would refer to Rounders. It got me thinking of that movie based on you, Crack, because there's a line in the movie that says, for a guy who don't play cards, you spend a lot of time in card rooms. <laughs> and so for a guy like you who loves to bet unders, you're going on the over heavy in a couple of games here this week. Let's start it off with one of the Monday night games. We got a Monday night, not double header, like a staggered header. I don't know what they're doing over there, but one of the games, the nightcap, is the Eagles hosting the Vikings. You're all over the over on this one, crack. I, I am. I, I I bet the over on this game uh, Monday morning. Uh, there's still a couple good numbers here on the first halves too. I am in Atlantic City right now, and I'm planning to see if I can grab a couple of the 24s on the first half uh, to go over 24. But I'll wind up going because it's only a small place that only takes some small bets. So I'll wind up going over 24 and a half, too. I just, I just think that the Eagles in this situation, last week you see all the points they scored. And I think that Minnesota, you guys know from doing our show on Sunday, I was all over Cousins on the, uh, you know, uh, doing good there. I bet. I bet everything on all different overs for him and and just the team itself. They're looking. I have a future on them uh, at fifty-five to one uh, to win the Super Bowl. And I'll tell you, it's about twenty to one now. I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl. All I'm saying is I think they have a explosive offense under this new coaching system. I think they're they're going to let Cousins really uh, throw the ball there and air it out. And um, you know, the first game. They kind of slowed it down a little bit. They had that lead against against Green Bay, but I uh, I, I do like the over in this game. I think it's going to be a, a lot of points generated on Monday Night Football. Yeah, and there's another game you like the over as well, Denver and Houston. So Denver hosting that game. It's at 46 right now, the total at BetMGM. Why are you on the over in this one, Craig? You know, as we speak, it's unbelievable. Under my, I have a live odds service, which I pay $600 a month for. As we speak... 
That game is getting hit to the under. So everyone looks like it's actually right now at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. At nine shops of the 12 that I have that I follow, including MGM, just got hit on the under at 45 and a half. It got hit on the under. Now, that may just be an overreaction to the over 43 and a half. It opened up 43 and a half and 44. And uh, I took over 44 there and over 44 and a half for a little peanut. And now it's just uh, maybe some, it could be some uh, opposite play. It could be some people middling, which I notice a lot that happens now. Honestly, these guys that middle, I don't know how you middle totals. I know a lot of people that went broke trying to middle. And uh, what that means, in case anyone doesn't know, you're going over a certain number. And then when it moves, you're going under a certain number. But I think a lot of the amateurs and rookies, don't realize the value of the actual point or two points that the middle, you're actually laying negative EV and you have a negative EV bet once you place that middle. So I see that happening more and more the last two years with the under 30 crowd wanting to get in this and wanting to middle and scalp. It's, you know, it's basically arbitrage. But a lot of times they have to know the value of the certain numbers in the certain sport they're, they're betting. And I think that doesn't really happen uh, as often as you as uh, they, they don't really put that into their into their equation and, and, and it hurts them. A quick follow up to that crack uh, again, Bill Krakenberger, sports handicapper from crackwins.com here with us. Um, is there a number where you would suggest middling? Let's say it gets to I don't know, you have a bet before the game and then you get live odds. Is it seven points? Is it eight points? What's the point number where you would consider suggesting well, someone a, should middle? It's a great – on a side, I could see middling. Listen, um, a buddy of mine, which I don't I, – I didn't do a look ahead uh, to the second week. So a buddy of mine who's also on Fox, by the way um, – he does some Fox stuff. So Warren Sharp calls me up and says, hey, um, the second week – in the NFL, Buffalo's minus seven at a couple different sports books. I, I think the minus seven's a very good bet, minus seven, minus 20. So I said, okay, Warren, I'll, I'll bet that. So I threw a couple dimes on the minus seven, and now it's 10. I'll be blunt. Um, after, whenever you get something like this happening on TV, the, the, and I call it the overreaction, Buffalo had a great game against the Rams. Of course, we know Tennessee lost outright to the Giants. So. Here you have a fickle public that's only looking one way at Buffalo, not looking at Tennessee at all. The game moved to 10. I'll tell you what. I am tempted to buy back my, maybe not my two dimes, but at least a dime of the bet. That's $1,000 on Tennessee here to have a minus seven and a plus 10, which are great numbers, by the way. Seven, it's the mm-hmm. second keyest number in, in the NFL, three being first, seven. But um, so 10 is a, is, a, is a really good number too. So I'm actually thinking about doing that. Now, Going to talk about that, there's no totals I will, I will ever do that on. There are some sides around the number three and around the number seven. So that's the only thing I would consider middling if I get over movement or if I get enough movement to make it worth it for me. I'll be happy to lay, you know, um, two and a half and, and take four. My, I, I have some preseason games that I put that I, I bet that I'm literally – I, I only bet them to middle. I found like pick them minus 30 and plus four, uh, minus three and plus six and a half. I mean, just some sick, sick middles. I only bet them to middle because I didn't know much about what that line was going to be on my look ahead lines. This is week two, five, eight, ten. I, I bet week 16. I mean, there's so many things that I bet them just based on middles, which I normally don't do, but I don't know what's going to happen by that time. 
Now, you look at the Cowboys here. I think this is an interesting uh, take by you. No one likes the Cowboys at this stage. They right. lost Dak Prescott. They lost Tyron Smith, their left tackle. No more Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup isn't back. It's just like, no, 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 no. If you had a stamp, it's just no, 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 no. Things are not looking good for Dallas. But it's only one week in. They're seven and a half point dogs at home against the Bengals. So not just this week two game crack, but their season outlook. Are you looking at the Cowboys a little bit more um, optimistically than the, the public is? The entire public is against Dallas. I'll just tell you this. I did not bet on this game. I probably won't bet on the game. But I will not be laying seven and a half points with Cincinnati on the road. I can tell you that. Uh, I know they had a bad game last week. Burrow had a ton of turnovers. And, and uh, you know, Pittsburgh just, just uh, stepped up there. Well, I say stepped up. The end of that game was amazing. How many, uh, you know, how long it went and, and the missed field goals and missed opportunities. The game was ex- actually an exciting game. But um, I just look at things differently. And I look at the things from the bookmaker side. You can guarantee by kickoff the bookmakers will be rooting for Dallas. So, uh, we have a new quarterback here stepping in. A lot of injuries there to the line in different positions. I understand, but that's why you have the overinflated line. If you had a look-ahead line here, if you bet this game one week ago, literally before the first week of the season, you could bet every single week at most of the sports books. The look-ahead line, Cincinnati was a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Now they're seven-and-a-half. I don't know if a quarterback can be worth – Going through the three, going through the seven, and making it a seven and a half. I don't know any quarterback that could be a five-point move like that. I don't think so. It's always interesting to me, Crack, where you think about the Bengals, for instance. They make it to the Super Bowl, and they had a bad week one performance. Most people think, oh, well, that's just going to automatically correct itself in week two. And it's always interesting to me to sort of forecast what will correct itself and what won't, what will remain similar. I don't expect Burrow to turn it over as much, but you know what I mean? A lot of people think it's just an automatic, like, oh, yeah, the Bengals are going to be world beaters this week. It's like it doesn't always self-correct itself from one week to the next. Absolutely not, especially this first to the second week. There's over. This is the overreaction week. There's not one week of the year that has overreaction like week two in the NFL. So uh, I, I'm finding that all across the board, by the way. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that's overreactions uh, from, week, from week one to week two. Um, but this, this game is probably number one, though. Out of those games, this is probably number one. Do I expect Cincinnati to win the game? Yes, but I wouldn't be surprised, believe it or not, if Dallas wins the game. It's our sports handicapper from crackwins.com, Bill Krakenberger. It's Countdown to Kickoff presented here by BetMGM. One more. Let's go into this one, a prop. I love the prop bets. You are looking at a certain gangrene quarterback over here, Mr. Joe Flacco. What do you see in your crystal ball regarding Flacco? Early in the week now, uh, only a couple of the sports sports sites have have this up. But uh, I'm looking at Flacco under – there's a rogue 229.5 that I see. Uh, 226.5 under minus $1.30. I am looking to go under. Listen, I don't really like betting overs on any props because you're a winner until you're a loser by betting under. But I can see more and more I'm evolving. So more and more I will bet overs on certain things. Uh, I I bet over on the homes uh, completions and 
I got burned on that, uh, unfortunately, because of the big turnover there. That really hurt me in the, in the in the fourth quarter because he would have been throwing the ball. We would have won that one easy. But however, that happens. So, so so like this particular week, I'm starting out two and two on props. I mean, props is my bread and butter though. Literally last week destroyed props um, for my guys and for me, and we we just killed them. So, but this particular week, looking to bet some unders. I have like six or seven circled. Hopefully, we could talk about them on Sunday. Right now, I'm looking at Flacco under on his yards. And I'm going to be heading uh, to some of the casinos in town, and and like I like to say, terrorizing the sports books here. Right when I get off air with you, did they have? I remember another movie. Let's let's cap it with a movie here. Ali, sure. you know when yep. uh, Will Smith, who's playing mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali, he's yep. like the champ is here. You know, did they right. do that for you when you walk into these cons- casinos to throw down major cash on games or props? It matters what sports book I go to. Some of them will, will will always go go in the back room and get that extra pair of underwear they have out, but <laughs> um, but but usually usually I'll go in and I, and I have a really good relationship with the books and the bookmakers and the guys that are behind the counters. They're really good to me. But I'll tell you right now, like especially when I'm in Vegas, it's that individual book that's booking the games. They don't want my action. They don't want me in there. No. Yeah. No, of course not. I'm, I'm a winning sports better. I'm going to take a chunk of money out of there by the end of the year. They don't want me in there. They don't. You have to really have a good bookmaker that's in there that says, hey, I want to know what cracks on. I want to overmove whatever he's on and put the customer base on the opposite side. It's not the way they think a lot. A lot of them think, hey, let's just we want all square sharp money. I'm sorry, square money. And we don't really want any sharp money at all. We want the we want the you know the public just betting it overs and overs and favorites and stuff. And uh, but overall, though, I have a good, pretty good relationship uh, with, with the books and the bookmakers. Awesome stuff. Well, hey, this is the type of stuff you're going to hear on Sundays. Check us out this Sunday as well. Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. It's a three-hour pregame show. So whenever kickoff is for you, if you're on the East Coast and it's that 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff time, we start at 10 a.m. your time, right? Three hours right before kickoff. If you're on the West Coast, you got that 10 a.m. kickoff time. We start at 7 a.m. Crack will have many plays for you, many winners, also, Jeff Schwartz, eight-year NFL veteran, and myself, Brian No, will be with you for three hours. Make sure you tune in on Sundays as well. Be sure to check out the new look and features in the BetMGM app. It's fast and easy access to the sports you love, whether it's live betting, the daily Lions boost, or the cash-out feature. New users can use the code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. 